It's time for another episode of Dynasty Oasis Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Newts and Josh Adkins. Hello and welcome to the Dynasty Oasis Podcast. My name is Matthew Newts. With me tonight, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Joshua Adkins. Josh, spelt with a G. How's it going, Josh? <laughs> you change how my name is spelled every week, man. Yeah, you're, nope. you know how like some guys are named uh, Jeff, but it's like G-E-O-F-F. You're now G-E-O-S-H, Josh. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, did you see the announcement today that the NFL made? Oh, the Super this... Bowl halftime medley bit? Yeah, yeah. It sounds kind of fun. I'm, I'm excited they're taking a chance for the, well, a little bit of a chance. It would have been a bigger chance 10 years ago, but right. uh, I, I'm kind of excited. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Slim Shady, Dr. Dre. Um, I don't have the list in front of me. I'll see if I can remember uh, Kendrick this. Kendrick Lamar, Lamar, Snoop Dogg, and oh, Snoop. Uh, I believe nice. Mary J. Okay, yeah. No, that should be uh, a lot of fun. They may have to uh, screen their set list ahead of time. Um, there, there's, I'm sure some colorful language in all their repertoires. I so would imagine, we yeah. have the potential for something along the lines of the, I don't know, what was it? Justin Timberlake and, yeah, uh, uh, uh Janet, Janet Jackson, Janet that Jackson, controversy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm rooting for controversy, but I'm, I'm a big fan of a lot of their music. So, uh, better than, I guess, a lot of the other options. Yeah. Nobody remembers it because of the Janet Jackson, but I'm pretty sure. And maybe I've got this wrong. Somebody will let me know if I, if I don't. I think Nelly performed at that at that Super Bowl halftime, if I'm not mistaken, as well in a in a Ravens and Giants like half jersey and and just killed it. I'm nearly certain that that's the case, and that feels like the last time they've taken a big risk. Now they've had great halftime shows. Prince rocked. I mean, they've had some they've had some really good shows in that time, but it, it feels like they haven't been willing to take a chance. So it was it was cool news to see that today. Uh, we are recording kind of right as the Bengals and Jaguars game is kicking off. I'm looking at uh, Troy and and uh, uh, Joe here Buck. as yeah Joseph Buck as we as we speak. So uh, no real news there in terms of of uh, breaking down the game. I'm I'm excited for this one, and I think we should uh, dive right in. What do we got tonight, Newts? Yeah, we're gonna kind of debut a new bit that I just thought of today. We're gonna we're we built teams realistic dynasty rosters based on themes so we're going to call it the theme of the team or team themes so starting out i went with kind of a older geriatric squad the (laughs) the the aging vets and still showing that you can uh hopefully build a pretty solid squad with guys that are getting a little long in the tooth and and josh uh went with the youngsters the young up-and-coming uh young bucks and uh we're just gonna kind of roll through our squads that we built and uh talk them through a little bit, talk maybe about what our plans for the future would be with these rosters. And uh, it's just kind of a fun little bit. And then after that, uh, typical Thursday show game draft, we'll kind of, you know, break down the week that will uh, be coming this week in our own little fun way. So, yeah. So, you know, the thing I like about this bit is it gives us the opportunity to do two things. So my team, I didn't really, I think it's a very realistic team. It's absolutely a team you could acquire, but I kind of built it in, in the sense of like, I want players that I've got to take on, you know, off of recent news or off of recent game tape, uh, somebody that's interesting to talk about. And at the same time, I think when you pick these team themes, we can have more of a meta conversation at the end of, you know, maybe your team isn't as old as this particular team is. 
but you have an aging team. How do we want to look at that? Maybe which of these aging assets are we sort of uh, valuing in terms of get them off your team now or you can kind of wait a few years. So I think there's ways to sort of look at this from two angles, both from that sort of bigger meta picture, as well as we're just going to talk about some guys that we maybe have some takes on. So I think this is uh, this is a good idea when you pitched it, Newts, and I'm kind of excited to do this. So you've got the veterans and I got the youth. Do you, uh, you want to kick us off with team theme here? Yeah, let's do it. I uh, built my team using the Dynasty Nerds uh, mock draft tool, which is uh, relatively new, and it's fun to play around with. It is. Yeah, I nice. use that mainly just to make sure I'm staying you know, somewhat in the realm of possibility and not just taking the best veteran at each position. So I'll just kind of roll down the list. Uh, we went super flex, as we're wont to do on this show. We, we push you all to play in super flex, especially in Dynasty, because we want each position to matter and sure it makes quarterback matter the most but that's football baby quarterbacks matter right so uh my quarterbacks matthew stafford um he's been phenomenal change of scenery in in the rams uh it shouldn't have shocked you guys that he's kind of taken on a second life in his career um sean mcmitt sean mcveigh has uh probably more supporters than detractors but some people thought maybe he was a little over rated as a coach i'm i'm not really in that camp um and i'm seeing well, his pe- coaching yeah, people, always get, people always get crazy when you start calling somebody a genius in in his right. first or second year in the league and i think there was like an overcorrection pushback when they didn't have him you know awesome success and so yeah he's a really good offensive play designer and 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 game planner to, as well yeah and the skill positions around stafford are uh very nice right now you'll hear a one of his teammates later on my list, so I can talk about more of their offense as a whole later. Then I went with the hometown hero, uh, so to speak, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> He's kind of He's playing, playing out great. of his mind right now. He's playing um, great. Yeah, absolutely. Is you know I could say a million things about Kirk, but uh, I think one thing that's true about him is he is an underappreciated asset in uh, Superflex, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. in Dynasty. He, I, I did a lot of startups this uh, off season and. He was going for a pretty hefty bargain, and uh, he puts up numbers, man. Uh, so I think he's uh, a good QB too. Real quick on this quarterback pairing, you know, I'm I'm doing a couple leagues with a little bit more efficiency based quarterback scoring, uh, and I'm finding that these types of players, Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, even get uh, even more greatly overlooked in these leagues and. You know, I built on a youth strategy in that in that format, and it's it's really killing me right now. Trevor Lawrence in those scoring settings, and I believe they're pretty similar to what Scott Scott Fishbowl would be. So, if you need a point of reference, um, I believe Trevor Lawrence is in the negative on the year, so over three games. So uh, that's a stacked combo. The more I'm like, you know, in some of these different leagues that I'm getting into, Stafford Cousins would feel sort of bland in a normal league, but in a, in the context of of that type of league where efficiency, completion percentage, not making big mistakes really counts. Yeah, these uh, are guys that are pretty safe, stunts. pretty trustworthy. Yeah. Kirk hasn't turned the ball over yet yep. this year, fumbling yep. or interception. And Stafford, I. I didn't look his stuff up. I hear more about Kirk being in, you know, Minneapolis area, but I don't think Stafford's turned the ball over much either. Uh, At running back, I went with uh, Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers and Austin Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, One of guys that are, you know, 
still three down backs yep. can run can catch uh i mean pretty self-explanatory why that pairing would be nice to have especially aaron jones looking pretty gosh darn good this year i think his value is a bit suppressed going into the year from you know fear of them using aj Dillon a lot they invested a somewhat high pick in him and uh, aaron jones is basically for the first time in his career kind of becoming a true bell cow now that jamal yep. williams is gone i think anyone that bought on aaron jones this offseason is uh getting a nice little boost on value and maybe you know we can talk after i'm done of you know which one of, the, of these players are we looking to move on from after the year yep. um, so to speak but um real, real Ar- quick on the packers i did notice aj Dillon has picked up uh some type of back injury at this point you know and it sounds oh, no. like he's trending towards questionable you know, I don't know how deep of a league you got to be in, but at 25, 28, 30 roster spots for sure, uh, Kylan Hill really deserves to be rostered. I think he's a talented player. He keeps showing it on kickoffs. Uh, if something were to happen to Aaron Jones, uh, I think Hill is closer to a big role than than Dylan maybe actually at this point. Sorry right. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, there. that's uh, – you've been pimping the, the rookie yeah, NFC the North backs with him and yeah. Herbert and uh, – Oh, what's the Jefferson, line? Jamar, Jamar yeah, Jefferson, Jamar Jefferson in Detroit. Yep, yep. Yeah, so uh, I think he's a very worthwhile deep stash for sure. Um, on to the wide receiver position. I, I wanted to kind of stack Rams here. I got Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, and Julio Jones. Um, obviously all, you know, well, who, Cooper's the youngest of the three, I think, at like, what, 28? And then uh, Julio and Hopkins, probably shorter runways, but should be very productive uh, for what I'm trying to do, trying to go win a ship. And then at tight end, Travis Kelsey, you know, needs no explanation. Yeah, and that was that felt like the one true layup pick out of the veteran group. You know what I mean? When I, Miller, he would have fit the theme too. But Yeah, yeah, he would have. But I think Kelsey, I mean, Kelsey's bordering on the top player in, in single quarterback, you know, just standard read. I mean, he he's legitimately a top five player week in and week out. And and the fact that you can start him at a position that everybody else is just praying that they'll, you know, their guy will find a way into the end zone. Um, he, he felt like the one when I was sort of thinking in my mind, okay, if I was doing the veteran team, who would be on it? Uh, Travis Kelsey is, is absolutely on it. Do we, I mean, at what point do you start saying I'm willing to be out a year too early on Kelsey? I mean, how, how far away from that are we? You know, it's tough because I think he still has one more evolution left in his career. But like you said, you're going to lose – a fair amount of value like he's not going to be able to run after the catch for too many more years but right. i could see him being kind of like what larry fitzgerald was for the cardinals late in his career just a safe red sure. zone threat so i i still think he i mean it's up to him how much longer he wants to play but he's got to be having a hell of a lot of fun with patrick mahomes and he seems to be keeping himself in pretty damn good yes. shape Yep. So I'm not so sure the the end is near. I I'm I'm willing to I'm not afraid to uh, hold on to shares. I've actually been acquiring a little bit of Travis Kelsey where I can on my contenders. And I think maybe the furthest out we should go with this is basically what you're saying is assuming something doesn't happen. That's, you know, uh, a career ending injury or something weird, you know, between now and the off season, you're, you're going to hold them through the off season in the next year. You're Probably. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. 
No, that's that's a perfect answer. Uh, how about the three wide receivers? So for for those who don't remember, Hopkins, uh, Cooper Cup, Julio Jones, obviously a stacked trio. Cooper Cup especially has been uh, fantastic this year. Is there any of these wide receivers that you feel like, even if you're selling at a discount, you're giving a, you know you're trying to get off your roster? Is there anybody here that you think is maybe a, a potential buy for managers? What what are you talking about here on these wide receivers? I think Julio's um, probably going to be a buy for a lot of contenders this year. Uh, He's a little banged up right now, but he's not going to cost you nearly as much as these other two. And Mm -hmm. I think he's still a damn good player. I think people are afraid, you know, the new role, Tannehill hasn't looked great. Sharon, you know, a lot more targets than he has in the past uh, with uh, A.J. Brown. I know he had Ridley more recently, but I think there's just a certain level of fear around him that sure. if you still believe, I think that's just going to lead to you getting him for a certain price. But I think the crux of this team, what's fascinating to think about is there's a lot of people with teams like this, not exactly sure. this, but how do you, you know, make this team a contender three years from now without completely tearing it down? Because you're, you're sitting with a bunch of guys that are maybe pushing the line of mm-hmm. taking drastic falls. But then you're also shop, you know, if you're going to sell these guys, you're more likely than not having to sell them to your top competitors. So how do you keep this team going without having to completely tear it down? Or is this just something you have to hold on to for as long as you can and hope you hit some really good value in your rookie drafts? So, yeah, so obviously we, we built these teams on a theme, you know, based premise. And so you were sort of forced to take this many. But I don't think either of us would be building teams. So we'd probably be out on certain of these players right. a couple of years ago in order to keep building on the back end of the roster. That yeah. said, if you are in this position, I think really the the option is to take the the player who you can afford to lose out of the lineup the most who's also worth the kind of has the biggest value. And so when I look at this team, as much as I don't want to say it, because I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's largely been overlooked a better part of his career, even though he's performed in the, at the level that he's doing right now um, in previous seasons. And that's Cooper cup. We've seen a massive value spike here in Cooper cup. And while obviously to this lineup, to any lineup, he would be, you know, a significant loss. I don't think you can lose Kelsey and keep, you know, just plugging away at the rate you've been doing so this year. Um, you know, I think Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler are very difficult players to replace. So when I look at this kind of grouping of players, that sort of would be the advice I would give is is you have to find the asset that you can that your lineup can afford to lose, but that can net you big value. And I think Cooper Cup right now, I mean, you could probably get a young wide receiver, a Jerry Judy, a Jalen Waddle. Um, along with maybe a first, you know, a first plus, I, I think you could get some, that type of deal done. Um, and you know, that you, you would be left obviously with a worse starting lineup, but I think that may be a move that I would consider, um, in this case. Yeah. I think you're on the right track for how you keep building a team like this. You, you have to sell, you know, it, it may seem obvious. I got to go sell the oldest guy, but in a weird way, you got to almost sell your youngest veteran to keep the market as open as possible. Like everyone in, 
in a league should be interested in Cooper Cup, whether you're a yes. you know a rebuilder or a, a stone cold contender. Um, maybe you have to trade one of these quarterbacks away. I mean, this team's obviously not probably making any of these types of trades in season. They're waiting to the off season, and then they got to figure out a way to make this team a little bit younger and sustainable. But um, I think there are a lot of interesting directions you could go to try and accomplish that. Yeah, and I think you just on more on the meta basis, I, I I think that would sort of be my general advice in almost any sort of old team setting um, is who's really worth the most value. And in this situation, I guess it's Travis Kelsey, but again, you're trying to contend here as well. Uh, yeah. Do we really think Cooper Cup is going to keep? I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, he did perform at like a wide receiver four level. I think he was the wide receiver four overall um, up to the point of getting hurt. I believe that was 2018. Um, so he's done this type of thing before. Um, do we expect this to continue? Robert Woods is not a name that came up, could have been on this list. Certainly. Uh, what's your sort of, he's been, you know, making the rounds on podcasts this week. It seems like everybody's pretty nervous. What are your thoughts on, on Woods? Um, I think there's probably going to be some sort of regression back to the mean for cup and progression back to the mean for Woods, but I'm not so sure that Cooper Cup's regression, if you will, I kind of hate that word sometimes. I believe in him. I would not shock me at all if he held on to wide receiver one or two or three when, you know, the year comes to an end. But I do think they're, you know, they're trying to, or I don't know if they're trying to, or if it's just a, you know, Stafford being the guy that takes what's there. They're spreading the ball a little wider than I thought they would with Deshaun Jackson being involved, mm-hmm. Van Jefferson being involved, Tyler Higby's being involved, running backs getting involved in the passing game. So we thought this was more of a narrow, you know, target share where the 90% of the balls would be, you know, not 90, but a high, higher sure. volume of balls would be going to Coop, Cup and Woods. Um, but I don't know. I, I still, I think this is an opportunity to buy Woods at a discount. If you're trying to, you know, if you need another receiver, you're trying to contend. I like the value right now. I believe in them both. All right. Should we move on to the young and sexy team? The new hotness here? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, these are really fun teams to have because kind of the world is your oyster. You can right. flip any of these guys for you know, any veteran you want, basically, if you time it right. So um, you're probably not winning championships with this team this year, but you've got a very uh, bright future ahead of you. Well, and I'll just say I sort of, again, I sort of cheated a little bit. I did I did use uh, Dynasty Nerds mock draft tool to just sort of double check that I was within sort of the stratosphere of, of a startup. Uh, but I sort of went with a couple real, you know, maybe not real low, but lower, lower tiered names, guys that you wouldn't actually have to take to be a starter in, in the traditional startup sense right now uh, in order to kind of stack the top of this. So maybe that's what we'll just start with is is sort of the top here. Uh, my number one quarterback is Justin Herbert. And I think you made a really compelling case the other day about, you know, we need to be considering this guy as the potential QB2 in Dynasty, obviously rookie of the year last year. The weapons are very good, plays in L.A. indoors. I mean, there's plenty of good reasons to like her, and obviously he's just a, a freaking baller. Uh, I think he's he's on that type of trajectory. I could have said Josh Allen. I could have said Kyler Murray. Uh, I I felt like giving you a little credit for last week, and and frankly for what I've oh, seen in, 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 the, in the three weeks leading, you know, up to this point uh, from Herbert. He's, he's an absolute superstar. Um, I think the, you know, and and maybe we should give more credit to sort of the overall development of that team. 
<clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Herbert has looked awesome, obviously, but they bring in Lombardi, the coordinator. Mike Williams gets healthy. Um, they bring in uh, the center. I just feel like they're doing a lot of things to support Herbert, and he's he's paying off that decision. All right, so let's get then my second quarterback, who's not quite as fun to talk about, but is a guy that I think, you know, in Dynasty, in even in Redraft, I guess, I'm sort of buying that this production is going to be real, and that's Daniel Jones. And listen, nobody I think here would would argue that he's a really good athlete, frankly, an underrated athlete. And the Giants are at this point using him that way because they're all trying to save their jobs in the same way Jones is. This sort of reminds me a little bit of Trubisky because we keep seeing the same boneheaded mistakes from Jones over and over again. But because of the running, I mean, he's been he's he's been fantasy productive. And so uh, I. The, the advice I would give is after Trubisky's semi-big year where the, the Bears were actually good, they had just traded for Khalil Mack, he put up some really big fantasy numbers. I think he was like quarterback 13 that year. Everybody should have been selling because you could see on the field that the quarterback play wasn't good. And this is something we could talk about with Jalen Hurts, frankly, uh, who recently you know has been consistently putting up good numbers and not looking particularly good at least the last two weeks. Uh, Jones is a guy that I think you can go acquire right now for less than the production's worth. And I think you can sell at the end of the season. The the trick is to not be fooled into thinking this is real, even if he somehow has this job next year. I really, I just, I don't believe in this player long-term, but I think because the community has decided that he's, you know, kind of bad. Dead man walking. Yeah, well, right. And, and yes. And so if he keeps this job next year and he ends up being the quarterback 14, I guarantee you can get more than whatever you pay, you know, today or tomorrow, whenever you you get around to it. Uh, I sort of think Dan Jones is a buy as much as that makes me feel dirty because he's he, he's sellable in in a couple weeks. So you are dirty, and uh, what you're the odds maker here. What are the odds Daniel Jones is a week one starter? Giants or elsewhere next year? I'll say sixty percent. Because okay. even if they bring, he's under contract, if I'm not mistaken. If they, you know, I don't think they have to pick up an option until next year. So we may find out that they haven't picked up the option, and that the rookie probably will start by, you know, at some point. Uh, but you know, even if they bring in a rookie, I think it's it's pretty likely that Dan Jones at least starts out the season. Uh, and they may not get lucky enough. The rookie class certainly doesn't look great. Uh, that's more Dan Jones talk than I can stomach. He's he's unfortunately not good, but actually. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, not in the sense of Cousins and Stafford, as I was talking about before. If you're in Scott Fishbowl scoring, uh, stay away because the turnovers and the, the mistakes are still there. Uh, my running backs. Uh, so DeAndre Swift obviously has been really skyrocketing, you know, up rankings. He probably shouldn't have been in the same way we, you know, everybody screwed this up in rookie drafts in the same way the NFL uh, coaches and GMs screwed this up. I mean, it wasn't just the Chiefs that took CEH over him. Jonathan Taylor went over him. I believe J.K. Dobbins or, or Cam Akers. I can't remember how that exact, but it was all right in that same range. Yeah, there was it's, a bit of a run. I can't remember the order. Yeah. Either. So we've all kind of screwed this up again. He's a top eight running back, in my opinion. So I sort of splurged there again. Well, I don't think we should include us because we, I think we're on the right side of this pretty much the whole way. We were. We, we were. We had him as our RB1. And, you know, um, I think that's... 
Pat yourself on the back, Josh. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. We were we were ahead of this one a little bit. So uh, DeAndre Swift, a guy we've talked about. If you can still buy, you you can't probably. But if you still could, I he's a he's a guy that I would buy high on, especially if I'm contending. Uh, and then my second running back, a guy that uh, continues to put up fantasy points, continues to be involved every week, is is on a team that I think is going to feature a committee no matter how many times a game they run slash feature the running backs, and that's Kenny Gainwell of the Eagles. Uh, Miles Sanders only five touches this most recent week. Neither of the backs got a ton of touches, frankly, uh, but can, Kenny Gainwell continues to be the second one in. They seem confident to give him the ball up the middle. It doesn't seem like they're treating him like Boston Scott. They're just sort of treating him like, uh, you know, Miles Sanders 2.0. And so I've really liked what I've seen out of Gainwell. I think he's going to be consistent producer and sort of in a team where I'm going to go youth oriented. I think uh, I felt like I had to get, you know, a couple lower tiered running backs. And that was the position to sort of, you know, skimp on. So Gainwell. And then I got I got Justin Jefferson. And the point of putting him on here, uh, I just wanted to say, I know we may disagree on this one. Justin Jefferson, after seeing him live now twice again, rewatching last year, I mean, he can do things within the stem of the route and just in route running general that I, I, I have a severe doubt that CeeDee Lamb will ever do. And that's not to say that CeeDee's not better after the catch. Maybe he isn't even a little bit more dynamic in the air. But I'm just so hyper-focused on those guys that can create separation and create a lot of separation because that's something that works independent of whoever the quarterback is. That works when it's Pat Mahomes. It also works when it's Taylor Heineke, whoever. Pick your guy. Uh, Justin Jefferson is an exceptionally talented player. I do have him still over CD lamb. Um, not that I would argue with anybody who went the other way, but he's still the wide receiver. He's the wide receiver one in dynasty with a bullet. In my opinion, what are your thoughts on that news? Yeah. And I understand that's, um, probably if you pull 10 dynasty analysts, probably at least seven or eight of them will take Jefferson over lamb. And I, I see all the reasons and I actually subscribe to liking that type of receiver more. Like I'm, I'm pretty passionate Jerry Judy supporter for a lot of the same reasons that you laid out for why you love Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see obviously lamb is a step down in those categories, but I think those are things that he can learn or at least get better at. That's the Whereas whole, yeah. I feel like his, ability to make more yards after the catch is something that is unlikely for someone like Jefferson to get better at. So I, I, it's more of a potential play for me. And, and I totally understand what you're saying. And I've been in that camp for a long time. And at the same time, I just feel like what, what Jefferson does is, Oh, it's it's, special. I'm not even, I'm not trying to dog him to make a point. I love Justin Jefferson. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move it on. Henry Ruggs, a guy that uh, came up in the last show that I, you know, basically told everybody that I'd go trade for. And uh, I stuck to my guns. Actually, Newts, I made a trade for him today with you. Uh, I sent Henry or I sent, uh, excuse me, uh, what was it again? Help me out. Chase Edmonds um, yes. and Jerry Judy, Judy and a couple of fours for uh, Ruggs and LaVisca and a two. And a two, yeah. And, and you know, I basically sent it to you. I believe you countered off of Edmonds for uh, Rugs straight up, which is what I was advocating for on the show. And I think that got a dialogue going. And, you know, Jerry Judy's a guy we both love. I'm willing to sort of uh, take the chance here. I just, I think people are maybe assuming he's going to be back a little bit sooner than he is. I don't want to get too deep into our trade, but I thought it was interesting just 
based on the fact that I did say I was going to go trade for him, and I, I managed to do it. Yeah, and I don't feel like my team in that league's a contender, so I don't really care when Jerry Judy comes back this sure. year for that team. I mean, I definitely care, but right. um, it doesn't. It's not going to make a difference to that team if Judy's back in week six or week twelve, as sure. long as he comes back and looks good this year. It, so you know, we'll whenever that kinda, happens, it happens. We'll kind of just leave that at 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 that. I'm buying rugs and and aggressively buying rugs, not trying to get him out of steel. I think he's set for. Uh, a really big season based on what I've seen in three weeks. Uh, another guy that, you know, again, probably didn't have to take in this context in terms of top eight rounds or draft as a starter, but a guy that I wanted to talk talk about obviously makes the one really impressive catch uh, last weekend. This is Dawson Knox, excuse me, uh, for Buffalo. Uh, really impressive catch in the, you know, not in the quarter of the end zone, but in front half of the end zone, uh, leaping up to grab it. He's attached to a really good offense. I think the fact that this running game is getting going a little bit potentially could open up some things over the middle of the field. And I think the other inter- interesting thing is, you know, obviously Stefan Diggs is elite. He's one of the best wide receivers in the league. This team has good wide receivers, yet nobody still has really separated themselves as the true number two. I think Emmanuel Sanders is sort of de facto getting the targets right now. But at the end of the day, nobody has really sort of took that step to say, no, I deserve to week in and week out be targeted alongside even Stefan Diggs. And I'm not saying there's a guarantee that Knox can do that, but he is a, a very talented player out of Ole Miss a couple of years ago. Uh, good athlete, I think, you know, is starting to kind of come into his own. Um, and frankly, you can pick him up on, on waivers in FFPC right now. I'm sure you can go trade for him cheap in deeper leagues than that. Uh, certainly there's some people maybe who spent a third a couple of years ago and would get back out, uh, what they paid, frankly. And I might be going and making that offer right now in deeper leagues. Yeah. I'm feeling good about this one. I, I, I've been stashing him in a lot of yeah. my deeper leagues and, uh, starting to get pretty excited about it. He's, he's looked really good to me as well. Uh, especially in the red zone, he's got a knack for getting open in tight areas and, and he doesn't drop much. So, uh, I think he's about, you know, going to be probably you know the second or third guy that uh josh allen's looking at other than his own legs and stefan Diggs once he gets down to the charity stripe or well, i don't know and, why i called it the charity stripe but you know what i mean yeah i know exactly what you mean and you know i think the other thing is gabe davis seems to be a little less involved in this offense than maybe we were all hoping i don't yeah. know that anybody was expecting he was going to be for sure the number two but he's not really all that involved at all and so when I look at the archetype of the three players they got in Diggs and Sanders and Beasley out of the slot, they don't have a big guy. And so I think Dawson Knox, I mean, I, I kind of think he's a shoe in for eight touchdowns. And there's not much more that you need from your tight end than that flat out. No, there really isn't. Uh, if you're if you don't got one of the top dogs, you know, you know touchdown heavy guys for basically nothing. That's yep. what we want. And I, I assembled this with a flex. That's why I kind of did this out of order. But uh, the guy that I put there was another wide receiver. So I guess we could talk about him together if you wanted. But uh, Terrace Marshall, I think, you know, I talked a little bit about this on Monday, but I think with the departure of Dan Arnold, uh, that slot, big, you know, big slot role that Arnold was was filling, I think that's Terrace Marshall. Uh, I think he becomes basically an every snap player at this point. Uh, and may even eat, at some point eat into Robbie Anderson's playing time. Uh, I think that there's a very small buy low window here. It may not last very long. Rookies are always, you know, a little tricky to buy. You have to actually, you know, 
make an aggressive offer. I think I'd be doing it on Terrace Marshall because uh, I think big things are in for him, especially in the second half of the season. But um, the door's open right now. And and with no McCaffrey, uh, this team is going to have to be a little bit more pass oriented and, you know, especially losing JC Horn. I mean, this is, this has got the makings of a team that's going to have to throw the ball a little bit more the next six weeks. And um, I'm here for it. Terrace Marshall's a guy you should be going and, and making some offers. I'd, I'd throw a future first out, a random first, even a you know contending or mid first uh, for Terrace Marshall right now, and see if you get a bite because I think you you could find somebody uh, that you could intrigue or you know throw a smaller player or another pick in with it. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, I think I'm going to start being pretty aggressive with my 2022 first round picks yeah. and trying to get 2021 rookies. If people trying to buy dips on 2020 rookies too, Jerry Judy's, mm-hmm. you know, Henry Ruggs, if you will. Like, I think these 2022 firsts are really good trade chips right now because I don't think either of us are very fond with this class. I mean, there are guys we like and we're, we're going to do a ton of research once we kind of yep. come closer to that time. But as of right now, I think we're taking a step down in uh quality and maybe quantity. It, and yeah, I'm, it's, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, well, I was going to say it's that one in three or one in four class. That's, that's not exceptionally like, you know, uh, ballyhooed, if you will. There's always good players in the NFL draft, and I think you know to the point of like the the good drafts are actually less valuable to the good players. These these drafts that are less everybody's less excited about are actually I think where there's more money to be made in terms of separating yourself from the rest of the pack. Uh, so yes, down draft class, I am sort of considering trading 22s, uh, 22 firsts in a way that I normally wouldn't for contending teams. That said, I really do think, you know, with enough information and and doing your research, you're still going to be able to hit at a high rate next right. year. You just have to be able to sort through some of the chaff a little bit more than you normally would. Yeah, I'm certainly not selling them all away, and I like my ability and our ability to work these things out. And we're going to yep. hopefully find you guys a lot of diamonds in the rough, so to speak, in this 2022 class. We're going to find guys to kind of bang our chests about and uh, hopefully win you uh, leagues. That's our goal. We want to win you leagues. So, um, yes, absolutely. I think we should get out of here on the game draft. Uh, So the bit here, obviously for anybody who's not listened is we're just going to, we're going to do a little draft of the the three games. Each of us are most excited to see. We'll just jump back and forth. Uh, We'll talk about a few fantasy guys, maybe in that matchup that we're excited to see, or maybe something you could be doing with them in dynasty uh, maybe even a little redraft advice. So, Newts, you have the number one pick this week. Uh, who are you going with? Yeah, and you left out these are the games we're going to be breaking down yes, on our next episode. Yep, so, good uh, my yep. first pick, it's got to be pretty obvious um, if you've listened to this show. You know I'm pretty f- much a Dallas Cowboy and Carolina Panther supporter as far as Dynasty yep. assets go. So, I got to take them when they play each other. Panthers, Cowboys, CD Lamb. Um, obviously I've been out there about how much I love CD lamb and then yep. Carolina, you know, the Vikings are my wife, but the Panthers are kind of the girl at the bar that I'm, I've been looking at maybe a little longer than I should. So, uh, 
I want to see Chuba Hubbard, you know, McCaffrey's out. We get eyes on him. A lot of people spent a lot of fab on him. So uh, I liked him more than Josh did at uh, Oklahoma state. Um, Definitely a limited running back in his skill set, but I think his speed is real and I don't think they necessarily need to change their offense for him. So really curious to get uh, NFL eyes on him. Yeah, this whole Carolina offense will be interesting and how they game plan without Christian McCaffrey and how sort of they they try to do things. This this Dallas defense is interesting too and Trevon Diggs, you know, matching yeah, he's up more breaking than, out in a big way. Yeah, more than likely matching up on DJ Moore, so look out for that. I'll take KC in Philadelphia and really the big one here. I mean, this is going to be a fun game to watch. It should be fairly high scoring. Uh I alluded to the fact though that Jalen Hurts is not playing good football right now. And, you know, it's two, you know, two weeks in a row now. It's not, you know, the end of the world. He can turn it around. Certainly, I'm a backer of his. But the last two weeks have not been good. He's not seeing it. He's not accurate. Um, You know, he's doing silly things like holding on the ball too long in an RPO concept. They pointed that out in the game the other night. It's just it's little things. And and, uh, you'd like to see him get some progression. You'd like to see him, even if they don't win this game, dual Pat Mahomes. I think this is going to be an important game in terms of maybe how we feel about Jalen sort of as we go further into this season. They do have talented quarterbacks beyond him on the roster. Um, I, I made the comment in Dynasty, Hurts doesn't scare me because I think if he's not valued by Philadelphia, he will be by one of the other 32, 31 teams. Uh, however, I'd like to see him be in Philadelphia. I like the weapons there. I like the marriage with him and Devonta Smith. Um, I'd like to see him come out and perform here. There's nothing really actionable on the Chiefs side, in my opinion. If you got something, Newt's, go ahead. No, I'll I'll take my next pick. I'll go, go uh, Arizona at the Rams. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of great afternoon games here I'm yeah. seeing right now. Uh, noon slate is a little weird, but uh, I'll take Cardinals, Rams. Um, off the top of my head, I, I do think for dynasty actionable stuff, Chase Edmonds is a guy we need to pay attention to. I think he's yep. going to be a big time buy for contenders. Mm-hmm. Um, want to see, uh, if Christian Kirk is actually going to kind of become a real thing and Rondell Moore fun rookie. And then the Rams, you know, how excited I am about them, you know, Stafford cup talked about them in my theme team theme segment. Uh, yep. so Love watching them play. Uh, watch pretty much every snap they play so far this year, and I, I don't want to stop. Yeah, if you're really looking at that that team you traded for Edmonds for as a rebuilder, I'd be looking to move Edmonds. I, I think you're right. I, I might. A, I just as, thought it. My target was Judy, but I, I yes, Edmonds well, right. may be a guy I flip later. Certainly, I was going to say. I I think you're right about the contender buy part because he's got the pass catching role. James Conner, I don't think is going to ever you know take that away from him. And as long as he's getting four, five, six receptions a game, he's going to be just fine for for contenders. I just worry about do they try to make this backfield better. Uh, next year, they're clearly trying to make it better, bringing in Connor and and you know doing some things. Right. I wonder if they don't take a more meaningful shot in the draft either this year or next year. So I just feel like the runway is short. Uh, I feel like I take San Francisco a lot, but I think this is another week where we got to have all eyes on San Francisco. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I said that you know for the first two weeks they were allowed to play in a way uh, that was pretty obvious. They were more terrified of their own quarterback than they were of the opposing quarterback. And last week. You know, they I guess they hung with the Packers, but, you know, 
they were more terrified of Aaron Rodgers, certainly, than they were of Jimmy Garoppolo. They had to go play. I guess it worked out okay. Some guys got back in. They weren't able to stifle Ayuk anymore. This Seahawks defense is very, very beatable. I think Seattle's going to be in a lot of shootouts this year. Uh, Russell looking for a little bit of a bounce back, but uh, I think he can be in lineups. Obviously, he's a stud. Um, and it sounds like Tyler Lockett avoided major injury. That was a moment we were all holding our breath there. Yeah, he came back in that game. Came back in, and, and it sounds like he's avoided anything major. So good news there. Who do you got next? Um, I usually avoid the Vikings, as do you. Um, yep. But I will be at this game, and I think this is a pretty oh. exciting game for Dynasty purposes. So I'm going to watch this game twice. I'm going to watch it live in person, <laughs> and then I'm going to watch it again on film. So Hopefully you should have a lot of good takes for you. Unclear if Dalvin's going to be back or not. So yep. if not, I'm excited to see another game of Madison, see if he can keep the momentum going off of his awesome performance last week. A um, little curious to see if uh, they go back to more KJ Osborne or if Tyler Conklin becomes yep. a real meaningful thing. So I think there's things to look for on the Vikings side. And uh, Cleveland, uh, more Odell Beckham um, and – Landry being on IR, I want to see, you know, the secondary options there. Can yep. someone step up, whether it's Shorts or Peoples-Jones or, I guess, Richard Higgins? And um, I'm sure it'll be just a lot of tight ends, um, but also, you know, fun running backs. So it should be an awesome game. Yeah, look for Demetric Felton. That's the dude, I think, that's yeah, stepping up right should now. He's, him up. he's a good player. Uh, I'm going to take Pittsburgh and Green Bay. Uh, you know, I think the more actionable stuff's on Pittsburgh's side because obviously Big Ben looked pretty cooked last week. I know you talked a lot about that. This is another chance, you know, on a on a pretty big stage here in Green Bay. Uh, I'm sure this will be the nationally televised game. He's got to he's got to show us something because there's a lot of fantasy stock riding in this this Pittsburgh offense. Najee Harris, you know, it seems like he's almost quarterback proof based on what he did last week. In fact, Ben's struggles may only enhance his game. And maybe Deontay could fall into that same bucket. But uh, Chase Claypool, Juju, obviously dealing with some injuries. We'll see if he plays. Uh, There's a lot of weapons in this Pittsburgh offense that we're counting on. Uh, for year-long fantasy success, and if if, if th- it's got to look better than it has in recent years, I will say on the Green Bay side, I think this is a week Bob Tanyan gets right. I just I I don't have any real info on that other than the fact that he's a, a dang good player and he's not been involved in in a full week now. I think he gets something going here. Uh, I think you can keep confidently starting him. I I still believe in Bob Tanyan. Right on. Um, yeah, so that's our game draft. Uh, come back to us on Monday. We will talk about these games in detail and depth and try to give you actionable dynasty advice based on what we've seen. This is a film-based show, so we try to give yep. you film-based advice to win your dynasty league. So thanks for listening. Please give us a five-star rating and review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. Um, and again, I don't think we say this enough. Thank you so much for being there and uh, yes. listening to us every week. Two idiots talk about football. We have a blast doing it, and we hope you have fun listening. And I'll just real quickly say, I'm not sure if she listens. I know she subscribes, but but I don't think she listens every day. But happy birthday, Tessa, my, my uh, youngest sister. Uh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. I hope you're having a great night. I hope you're not working. I hope you're, I hope you're off hanging out and watching this game because I know uh, if you're off, you're probably watching this game and having some fun with some friends. So uh, happy birthday, and uh, that's it for today. We will see you on Monday. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, goodbye. Bye. Bye.